0: I'll apologize in advance uh, for this show. Uh, In our development, they are doing some tree trimming. So you might hear a chainsaw or two while I voice this show. Seems somewhat appropriate, though, after Stanford got buzzsawed by the Bruins over the weekend. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of the Tree Cast with Troy Clarity. On the Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. It is Monday, October thirty first, twenty twenty two. Happy Halloween, everyone! Great to have you with us on this episode of the show. I'm in Detroit, Clarity. Great to have you along. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you want to hear something scary? <laughs> We're going to be talking about a lot of spooky stuff on this episode as uh, Stanford went down to UCLA and uh, went down to Pasadena over the weekend and lost to the 12th ranked Bruins. 38 to 13 as the Cardinal seemed to be visited by some recurring nightmares from earlier this season. Big plays for opponents, no big plays for the Cardinal, and a bump on the head against a ranked opponent. You will hear post-game audio from David Shaw. We will go one-on-one with Stanford freshman edge rusher David Bailey. Yes, the tree cast was there at the Rose Bowl. On Saturday night for all the festivities and afterwards I uh, caught up one on one with David Bailey and you'll hear a little bit from Ben Urosik as well as uh, all three of those guys will share their thoughts on Saturday's outcome Uh, subscribe to the show this is your Episodely reminder <laughs> to subscribe to the show wherever you get your uh, favorite podcast from, or at least the good ones, anyway. Uh, Google Podcast, Google Play, rather Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. Everyone's got the hookup. Everyone who's anyone has the TreeCast available to you. Follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C L A R D Y. I am the host of this show. Have been since twenty fifteen. I'm in my ninth year of Pac-12 Network play-by-play, my 30th year of following Stanford football, and this is my first year of uh, national radio football play-by-play for Compass Media Networks. And I actually started my slate on the NFL side over the weekend after uh, taking in things at the Rose Bowl Saturday night. Saturday, Sunday afternoon, spending at SoFi Stadium calling that uh, 49ers Rams game uh, with uh, Brian Baldinger nationwide on uh, Compass Media Networks. Hey, that Christian McCaffrey guy—he's—he's—he's he's, he's pretty good at football. Where did he go to school? <laughs> but man, that was fun. Dream come true uh, to call NFL games. Um, And uh, so happy to be able to do that. My college slate begins um, next weekend, not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend. We'll talk about that later on. But um, let's get to the business at hand. Um, The tone for Stanford UCLA was set early. Cardinal got in the goal to go situation, but had to kick a field goal. UCLA got a touchdown. Then Tanner McKee got picked off on the very first play of the next drive, and the Bruins scored on the very next snap. It's 14-3, to and you had a feeling, uh-oh, it's happening all over again. And for the most part, it did. Zach Charbonnet, UCLA's bruising running back, ran wild almost 200 yards. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson, their quarterback was, for the most part, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. After the game, David Shaw with a succinct summary of the night.
1: Bottom line was our, our worst game in a month.
0: Didn't, didn't play well? Uh, hard to argue. Hard to argue. And we'll do a deeper dive on things, beginning with three things you need to know from that game in a, just a brief moment. But first, a reminder that basketball is back the NBA, the NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. All right, here we go. Three things you need to know from Stanford UCLA. Let's begin with number one. <laughs> and yeah, Stanford gave up 324 yards rushing. Yes, it allowed another 99-yard touchdown drive, punctuated by a 72-yard scamper for a score for the Bruins. But to me, much of this game was decided on 4th down. UCLA went 5-for-5 five five on 4th down against Stanford. They converted a 4th and six from the Stanford 35 on their opening drive. Converted the 4th and six from the Stanford 47 on the first play of the second quarter. Converted 4th and 3 from their own 44 later in the second quarter. Got a 4th and 1 from the Stanford 49 late in the third quarter. And then later on in that drive, 4th and 1 from the Stanford 37. Charbonnet bulldozes, breaks away, and scores. 5 for 5 on 4th down. After the game, I asked Stanford head coach David Shaw how much of that game
1: hinged on 4th down. Uh, The the game hinged on their quarterback, you know, Every time we had him stopped, he's the guy that that made the plays, dropping back and uh, taking off. I mean, the two quarterback design runs got him on the edge. Um, we had a guy out there, and their guys just faster than our guy.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I get it. You know, Dorian Thompson Robinson certainly deserves credit, especially on those on those second down conversions in which he just sped right to the edge and just outran everybody in a white shirt, got to the sideline, and moved the chains for the Bruins. But the point remains. Every time UCLA went for it on fourth down, and these are some sizable distances, right? Fourth and six, that's not exactly easy to make. But every time UCLA went for it on fourth down, they got it. And it led to points. In one case, directly. Let's move on to number two. One of the big subplots for Stanford offensively coming into the game was the fact that the running back core was down to basically Caleb Robinson and Brendan Barrow. Each of those guys had nice runs. Each of those guys had good plays along the way. We'll give you their numbers respectively in a moment. How'd they do overall? David Shaw with his assessments.
1: We battled. Um, don't expect anything less from our guys. Um, Caleb Robinson um, gave it his all um, until he was hurt. Uh, Brendan Barrow thought he had some nice runs in there also. Uh, made a tough catch, made a couple nice runs late. Um but, you know, he's a young, inexperienced player. He's basically a freshman, didn't play last year. Um, has some talent, has some ability, saw a nice kickoff return, saw a couple of nice runs. Um, and late in the game, we put in uh, Mitch Lieber, who's who played running back in high school. Um, Shield Taylor had to come in and take some reps also. Yeah, yeah, they certainly bat- They battled. Wait, wait, hang on. Wait, back up, back up. What What, what, what did What
0: did David Shaw say about Caleb Robinson?
1: Caleb Robinson um, gave it his all um, until he was hurt. Oh, Oh, jeez.
0: That's right. Caleb Robinson is hurt now, too. I asked Shaw what the initial word on Caleb was after the game, and he said, quote, out for now, we'll see. End of quote. Oof. Let's move on to number three. Hey, a touchdown. Let's let's finish this on a um, somewhat positive note here, but it, it, it took 170 minutes and 54 seconds of game time, and UCLA was already up 38-6, to six, but Stanford finally got a touchdown. That counted, anyway. I mean, remember, they did score a touchdown against Arizona State, but it got negated due to a penalty. But, hey, Stanford scores six. Strike up the band. Hey, Ben Yurasek. Young man who caught that
2: fourth quarter touchdown pass from Tanner McKee. You stoked? Not a lot of happiness coming out of that game or even that play, right? Um, it's a team sport and in the game, as Corey showed it. Um, obviously, a little bit maybe of relief, but um, yeah, no. Um, job as a team was not done today, so anything singular or personal, I do not care about. Oh, oh okay. Uh, David Shaw, how about you?
1: Yeah, we need more than that. Um, That was just down there, and and it was a a good fourth down call. We've we've worked that play for the last few weeks, Um, and it was just time to call it. But uh, that wasn't about momentum. That was just punching the ball in. Um, There are a lot of things that we need to clean up for for momentum, and the biggest thing is really protection and connection between our quarterbacks and receivers, Um, something we work all the time. Um, We really got to get better.
0: Yeah, and I get it. I get it. You know, I've kind of led up into those sound bites with a bit of uh, a bit facetiously but you know there's no joy in ending that touchdownless stretch I mean sure sure they're glad it's over but still the fact that it 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 didn't come until late in the game and look in this game that touchdown that that touchdownless streak should have come and should have ended rather on Stanford's opening drive when the card had first and goal at the five and couldn't punch it in but they got a touchdown there is that those are three things. Some numbers from this game. Caleb Robinson and Brendan Barrow combining for 22 touches and 92 yards overall. 18 carries for 69 yards on the ground for both of those guys, respectively. And as mentioned, they had some, they had some nice, they had some flashing plays at times. Tanner McKee. Not a great day for him at all. We'll do a deeper dive on that in a moment. 13 of 29, 115 yards, a touchdown and a, a, a brutal interception that, that really started the spiral for Stanford. He was also sacked four times. That's, that's no bueno. Ben Yerosik, five catches for a touchdown, but just 32 yards on those five snags. And, and outside of a 30-yard gr- diving grab by Bryson Tremaine in the third quarter, there were no big plays for Stanford's passing attack. Meanwhile, big plays all over for UCLA, especially on the ground. Stanford allowed 7.1 yards per play on the night. And if you take sacks out of the equation, Stanford allowed 8.4 yards per rush. Injury note, right tackle Miles Hinton was hurt in the third quarter after At least late in the game, as I saw the guys walking off the field uh, in front of me, heading off to the locker room, I saw Miles with his arm in a sling. Fisher Anderson, the freshman who has spelled uh, Stanford at right tackle at times, and is overall, for the most part, done fine, especially given the circumstances. Fisher Anderson did finish out the game at right tackle uh, for the Cardinal. We will get a much more in-depth personnel update when David Shaw holds his uh, weekly press conference Early on Tuesday afternoon. A couple of hidden plays. We talked about UCLA and its success on fourth down. But a, a couple of hidden plays against Stanford. And I think those both went on fourth down for the Cardinals. Take it back to the second quarter. Stanford down 17-3. to Fourth and two from Stanford's own 44. Offense stays on the field. They're going for it. They line up. But right guard Levi Rogers flinches, gets called for the false start. Fourth and two becomes fourth and seven. And so David Shaw trots out the punt team. So that killed that potential opportunity for Stanford. Meanwhile, UCLA took the punt and then they drove down to score a touchdown and make it 24-3. to So crucial, crucial sequence there. Later in the second quarter, after Stanford recovered a muffed punt in Bruin territory, Stanford picked up only a yard. On three plays. Fourth and nine at the UCLA 31. Stanford decided to kick the field goal. Cardi hit the 48-yarder. I mean, of course he did. He's automatic. Man, He's we might have to start thinking about him in terms of all-time seasons for, for Stanford kickers. But still, down by 21 at that point, at that juncture of the game, I'm not sure what three points gets you. And again, maybe David Shaw wasn't... Uh, wasn't confident that the offense, based on how it was playing, could get nine yards in that situation. I don't know. Maybe he felt better about Cardi getting three points than about his offense getting nine yards in that spot. I don't know. I mean, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I sometimes play one, though, in the podcast space Would I've gone for it on fourth and nine. Yeah, in that situation, I would have certainly leaned in that direction. By the way, not for nothing, that touchdown by Ben Yarosik stopped the streak in which Joshua Cardi had scored Stanford's Stanford's last 31 points. Incredible. Ten field goals and an extra point (laughs) in between Stanford's touchdowns. That's what Joshua Cardi did, and that was all the scoring uh, for Stanford in the meantime. After the game, I caught up with Stanford freshman edge rusher David Bailey, who was quite busy. Team high nine tackles, a couple tackles for loss, and a forced fumble in the third quarter that bounced forward towards four white shirts. None of them recovered. UCLA got it back and was able to continue their drive. But David Bailey, with some more positive plays put on tape in his freshman season, after the game outside the Stanford locker room, I caught up with David Bailey. We went one-on-one inside the uh, ro- inside the hallways underneath the the venerable Rose Bowl. And I asked David as we begin this chat for his thoughts on Stanford's night defensively.
2: Um, I think it was just uh, kind of like this locking into the small details. I think the small uh, small mistakes played a big price, and obviously that running back was a very talented running back. So, I mean, we obviously we need to work on our physicality, uh, driving our feet when we come to tackle. But overall, I feel like the defense... When you look at it from the big picture, I don't think we played too bad. I think we just need to get back to the drawing board and just see what went right, what didn't, and just go from there. Forced a fumble yeah. in the third quarter. Yeah. Nice play, came
0: back from a for pursuit, got it from the backside. You swiped the ball, four white shirts
2: around it. Yeah. No one came up know, with it, though. Take me through that play as you remember it. I mean, honestly, I just swiped him, and I remember, like, I swiped him, and I kind of, like, did a, like a barrel roll, and I heard the crowd kind of like going a little wild, and I looked, around. I looked up. And I see, like, a bunch of white jerseys. I thought we had it for sure. And then it kind of kicked off, seeing a blue jersey come in, recovering, and I was just like – I mean, it happens. It happens sometimes. Like, you can't – it's hard to recover those fumbles. going all over the place. So, I mean, I don't really blame anybody. It's just kind of how the, the game goes and just kind of just looking forward to the next play. So, but, I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was something else. What's the mood of the guys in the locker room right now? Um, right now, just – I mean, I think hopeful. We have a couple – we have obviously uh, four – Four more games, I think, uh, coming up. We have Washington State at home, so I mean, I think we're hopeful. Um, there's just a lot of things to improve on. We just gotta just lock in, honestly, on those things, and then uh, listen to what the coaches tell us. Sometimes I feel like we're like kind of doing our own thing, but I feel like sometimes you just kind of like lock in and just do your job at 100%. That's kind of what the coaches were emphasizing before the game, so. I think if we just work on that, I think we're a pretty good team. So, you've had
0: some some impact plays so far this season. Ernest Cooper, yeah. we saw last week, change the trajectory of that game, and also we saw him a little bit here. I thought he played pretty impressively here against the, again today. A couple of freshmen bookends on the edge. Yeah. What sort of things
2: have gone into the preparation for you guys for, yeah. throughout this season? I mean, I was, since I was here since January, I've kind of like been able to catch a uh, like catch up with the team and be uh, be along with teams that. Bringing in Teva and Ernest in the summer it was just kind of getting them up to speed, and they did, like, a really, really, really great job uh, just uh, catching up with the play calls, uh, schemes, and the, the defense that, oh, as, a, as a whole. So I just uh, – kudos to them. And then, honestly, I just can't wait to see, like, what we do in the next couple, coming years with all the freshmen that we got. Class of 26 class. The 26 class is pretty special, so I'm like, I'm like in the future.
0: Yeah. All right, as we wrap this up, Biggest things to clean up going forward defensively uh, for the November. November's here. Yeah. This is it. You What's know, some of the biggest things that the
2: defense needs to clean up and and, and get and and play the and play the higher level uh, for the final four weeks of the season. I think after watching this game, it's probably tackling. I mean, it's just like a simple thing, uh, but it's like such a big part of the game. And it's like I feel like sometimes you take it for granted, like just like the little things, like wrapping up, driving your feet, just coming with that mentality that like like I'm, I'm gonna take this like person, like this dude down, you know, and then Past that, like like I said earlier, just lock into the like small details because those small details like they lead to big plays and like that, that helps with the momentum. That like I mean, overall, I feel like just yeah, lock into the details, tackling, and I think after that, after we get those things cleaned up, I feel like we'll be a pretty pretty good team in a pretty good position. Here we go, stretch run. Yeah. Buckle in. (laughs) It
0: should be 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 an interesting November. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate you taking the time. Safe travels back to the back. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's David Bailey. Enjoyed catching up with him um, after the game on Saturday night. And, look, there was a lot of attention given to Bailey even before the season. You might remember seeing him in the spring game. His very first snap came from the backside, chased the ball carrier down uh, for a minimal gain, if any gain at all, on that play. And certainly a lot was expected of Bailey. Coming into the season, heck, David Shaw wasn't even shying away from the attention that was headed uh, David Bailey's way. Heck, Shaw was even leading the cheers. And Bailey was busy. Ernest Cooper got some playing time. You saw him and and his efforts and what he did against Arizona State the week before. And didn't appear to get as much playing time this time around, but, but he had flash points again. He had some some plays in which he was out there getting it done, getting in the backfield, disrupting, chasing guys down from the backside. So so that was nice to see Ernest Cooper continue what's seemingly an overall upward trajectory for him for a second week in a row. And Stephen Heron got a pretty big sack, dropping DTR for a 14-yard loss along the way. So there were some high points for Stanford along the edge. But to me, this game was going to be decided by whether Stanford's edge guys won its battles in the run game. They did not. And I thought the tone was set right from the start after Stanford kicked the field goal to take a 3-0 lead after its opening possession. UCLA's first three plays, Charbonnet to the left for 14, Charbonnet to the left for 11, and then Charbonnet to the left for 11 more. Three carries. 36 yards on route to 198 yards, all told, for Charbonnet. Stanford couldn't seal the edges. And UCLA took full advantage. David,
1: Shaw with his critique of the defense's night. Defensively, and you know, eventually, the guys started getting way too many yards. And then uh, pass coverage-wise, we held up pretty well. Um, but that's what this quarterback does. Um, everybody's covered. He escapes. You know, he had an over 70 yards rushing, um, and they don't have. They had a couple of design runs, but the rest of it was him scrambling. Um, so, a team like this, you got to be disciplined in your pass rush, you got to be disciplined in your coverage, you got to be disciplined in your gaps. Um, they make you play close to a perfect game to stay with them, and uh, we did not.
0: Yeah, and I think that's fair. I think that's fair overall. I mean, against the passing game, I thought Stanford did okay defensively. I mean, there were no truly huge passing plays allowed no passing touchdowns thrown by dorian thompson robinson i mean jake bobo is is a fantastic wide receiver that dude is dangerous but he wasn't much of a factor didn't see a whole lot from the passing game for dtr and bobo wasn't much of a factor then again he didn't need to be With UCLA running the ball at 8.4 yards per clip. So, defensively, overall, another really, really tough night. Another really tough night. Tough night for Tanner McKee, too. As mentioned, just one big play passing for Stanford all night. A gorgeous ball. He's good for several of those, at least a couple of those, every game. Gorgeous ball in a corner route. To uh, Bryson Tremaine, who went out, dove, and got it for a 30-yarder in the third quarter. But that was the only big play that Stanford got through the air. But just a tough, tough night overall for Tanner McKee, who took an absolute beating. And I was mildly surprised to to see him still out there after UCLA made the 38-6 early in the fourth quarter. He stayed in through the touchdown pass with uh, 4.11 to go in the game, and then gave way to uh, Ari Patu, who uh, came in and took snaps the rest of the way for Stanford. But McKee didn't get enough help from his offensive line, didn't get enough help from his wide receivers. I thought especially, and particularly Elijah Higgins, him and McKee seemed to misconnect a bit on a key third and goal from the four on Stanford's opening drive, in which McKee had to get rid of it a little bit quicker than maybe he would have wanted it to, but Higgins just wasn't ready for it. Didn't even put his hands up to try to catch it. The ball just whizzed by his head. So perhaps a bit of a mis- miscommunication there as well. So McKee not getting help from his wide receivers. I think he got a lot of help from the scheme as well. Didn't see a lot of the quick passing game You know, getting the ball out to to Tremaine and Higgins and Humphreys and those guys out in space. We didn't really see that. And McKee didn't really help himself out either with a couple of throws that I'm sure he would love to have back. But overall, those things went into maybe Tanner McKee's toughest night of the season. I mean, what, 29 throws, right? 29 throws on the night and just 115 yards David Shaw on what went wrong overall for the Stanford passing game, in which it was
1: ineffective at best. There's a myriad of things today. Uh, a couple of times we didn't get great releases of the receiver position. A couple of times we didn't get the throw that we needed from the quarterback. And more than a few times we didn't get the protection that we needed. Um, twice. Possibly three times, not sure about the third time, but twice for sure we had guys going down the middle Um, with opportunities either score a touchdown or at least change field position, and we didn't have time to make the throw. Um, I have a feeling it's three times, but twice for sure. Um, So it's part pass protection, part releases, um, part making the throws that we need to make. Um, All three were were not good for us tonight. Yeah,
0: protection certainly didn't do uh, Tanner McKee a lot of favors, but that being said, there are, there were a lot of things that went into all of this. Look, sir, there are there are ways to get around it, and there are sometimes where the offensive line uh, is is having just so many struggles where it can't do anything, where it's tough to to implement a scheme <laughs> because the offensive line is struggling so much. Uh, see the first half of the Washington game back in September for Stanford. If you need some uh, some further clarification on that, but protection near the top of the list, scheme near the top of the list, wide receivers near the top of the list and and McKenna not doing and Tanner McKee not doing himself some favors along the way as well. Interestingly enough, Stanford's leading rusher on the night wasn't a running back. It wasn't Caleb Robinson, it wasn't Brendan Barrow. It was Ashton Daniels the freshman who comes in the quarterback and runs runs some package plays generally runs we saw well a fake reverse we actually did see a reverse off of uh, that package i believe um in the game against the bruins along the way but daniel's usually comes in options it keeps it and has he had a pretty good game his best game in that package by far it's had mixed results go back to the oregon state game for that but Daniels looked pretty good even during the competitive phases of the ball game I asked David Shaw what he thought about Ashton Daniels night against UCLA
1: yeah he's a great athlete you know got him his first uh, maybe second completion of the year um today um because he's not just a runner uh he's he's a he's an all-around quarterback Um, so, uh, just great to see him get out there. He's an athlete, big, physical, finished that last run beautifully. Um, but with the clock where it was, there's no reason to run another play. Um, but it was good to see him go out there and and orchestrate and Ari came in, did a good job as well. Um, so yeah, uh, but Ashton, we believe is a, is a very special athlete. That's David Shaw. And
0: you know, with the running back room in the shape that it's in with McKee, taking the kind of beating that he took against UCLA and with, you know, unless Stanford can generate some sort of running game with, or at least a steadier running game, and at least, you know, keep opponents within sight instead of them just getting boat raced in the first half, as happened against the Bruins, because that that certainly predetermines a lot of your play calling as well. That takes a lot of the running game out of the playbook too. But with the running back room so thin on bodies, and with McKee taking that kind of beating that he took against UCLA, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw more of that Ashton Daniels package going forward. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Just to just to kind of take take the heat off of McKee a little bit, just to kind of change things up a little bit, and to kind of help Stanford gain some yardage on the ground. That wouldn't surprise me one bit if we saw more of Ashton Daniels in that role going forward. Just a tough night. Tough night all the way around. And and, and, a, and a tough way to walk out of the Rose Bowl. Look, I'm not going to lie. I, you know, got to the Rose Bowl like, what, three and a half hours before kick? Straight from Burbank Airport, rolled in and got to the building, got inside and... It was great hanging out with Dave Raymond, a fellow KZSU sports geezer. Awesome to see him on the call and and in the building. But just walking around that place, being on that field, taking to the San Gabriel Mountains, just you know, I always love being around the empty Rose Bowl. You know, I I I I, I envision the history. I hear the voices of of Keith Jackson and Dick Enberg in my head as I'm walking around the place. That is such a special. Special building, and even after the game, I lingered a bit, I hung around a bit on the field in the in the darkness of the Rose Bowl It's a special building, and um hopefully I didn't walk out of there for the last time. back to more pressing matters. <laughs> Um, So here it is. I mean, we're about to flip the calendar to November. Stanford versus Washington State, a 12.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. That'll be nice. Stanford hasn't scored more than 16 points over its last three games. Washington State hasn't scored more than 17 points over its last three games. Hmm. Let's see what happens. Cardinal versus the Cougs. This Saturday afternoon, we'll break that down for you later on this week on the next episode of the TreeCast. I always welcome your thoughts and your feedback uh, on the show and on Stanford football. The best way to ensure that I see what you got is via the hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. That's the best way to ensure that that I see what is on your mind. I always appreciate it. If you like the show, as I always tell folks, if you like the show, tell everyone. If you don't like the show, tell me. Let me know what I can do to help make the content of this show better. And we'll talk to you later on in the week. You heard from David Shaw. You heard our one-on-one chat with David Bailey. And you also heard a little bit from Stanford tight end Ben Yurasek. Until Thursday, we'll talk to you then. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay sane. Go Stanford. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you are the dumbest person on the planet. Talk to you later this week on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Network and presented by Online.